0: What's up, Cam? Not much, Mitch. How are you, sir? Doing okay. We're trying out Zoom for the first time on the show.
1: Yeah, it only took us a year to, you know, get with the uh, the cool kid on the block. Is Zoom, is Zoom, is Zoom the cool kid though? Probably not. I, it it kind of is now. I think wasn't wasn't a year
0: ago. This is true. I don't know. We've been recording on ZenCaster up until now, and I think for podcasting, ZenCaster works really nice. We just were running into latency in our uh our video, not that we couldn't have just went back to audio, but I don't know video's fun Indeed. indeed
1: I even
2: combed my beard for the show today, Mitch oh, it looks very nice.
0: I didn't shave my head today like I would normally like freshen up the shave, so I'm wearing it. A... <laughs> it's a it's a little uh little bushy under there. Right now. <laughs> So a little follow up in the uh, show doc today. We talked about a couple of things last week, and uh, I'll take them in the order that we talked about them. First off, read wise. Yes. Um, do you have any new things to say about it? I have a couple of things to, to share. Um,
1: I wish the uh, the iOS app was a little more full featured. Uh, when compared to the uh, the web app that you can access, you know, on um your computer. R- really, all the the uh the ios app does is give you your your highlight feed like for the day and then you can browse the rest of your highlights but pretty much anything that you want to do that's like i want to look at all of the books i want to look at all the articles i want to look at all of my different podcast quotes i want to manage my connections whether it be to notion or you know importing from instapaper all of that has to be done uh on a computer and either through Chrome or Firefox, not Safari. So the um the iOS app is not as fully featured as I would like it to be. But, you know, I understand the limitations of what they're currently doing. So it is what it is. But that would be nice at some point down the road. Now I've only used it on
0: uh on iOS. So maybe I need to my my opinion should be uh Taken into consideration with that, so we'll, we'll go from there. I I've been using it. I don't know that it's worth the subscription fee for me. As I was looking, I can't remember how much it was, but it was a significant subscription fee uh to keep using it. And for me, like I don't just don't know that it was that it, that's going to be worth it for me. But I do like the concept. I like what it does. I think the thing that. uh I've appreciated the most about it is the ability to have the little widget on the screen, and as I swipe over onto the screen that I have it on, I see a quote every day, um, which I've appreciated. It's reminded me of a few things that I haven't uh, haven't seen in a while, and and I like it. The flip side of that is that I have a bunch of like we've done a lot of studies at church where I've highlighted stuff in a Kindle book, mm-hmm. and I've highlighted a word. Oh, and so the word pops up on the widget and it's like, and I'm looking at it going, okay, that's totally out of context. The other day I had something pop up that just said group. It it, it didn't really do much for me in that respect, but I did run into some quotes. I shared them on Instagram and and it was, it was kind of neat to do that right out of the iOS app. But apparently I should probably look
1: at the, the web app. I'm assuming it's a web app yeah so
2: if you go to the website readwise.io and sign in um mm-hmm. they'll have all that stuff there no yeah. on the other hand i am
0: loving robin hood
2: i thought you might Hmm.
0: now i have not taken money out of robin hood yet and i don't know if they charge any fees for that But I have appreciated the fact that to this point, I've moved money around. I put money into this for, you know, for a day and then pulled it out and put it into something else. And, you know, just shifted money around a few different times and found that it's very easy to do. Um, It happens. I mean, I know it's not happening instantly in the background, but it seems like it's instantly changing, you know, from like if I pull money out of Bitcoin and want to put it into Apple stock you know, it, it's nearly immediate that, that that happens, or at least it shows it that way in the app. So, and I do, you do get notifications in the background when the transfers actually happen and when the sales actually happen. But I, I think that's uh it's really neat how they have it set up so that it does feel near instant. If I transfer money into the account, it's there right away, instead of having to wait two or three days before I invest in something. So
1: Yes, for better or worse you can make instantaneous decisions.
0: <laughs> this is true. I I I have found that I've been a little bit of a uh a little bit too reactionary to things. Um so I'm learning that I need to be more patient. Let the market take its course. Because this last this last week has not been good for a couple of the uh, stocks that I've had. I've had like two up days and a lot of down days. Well, and the
1: more the more selling you do, the more taxes you pay, which is the other reason to. Oh, is that yeah? Be patient. Is that the same with crypto or? Uh yeah, I mean any 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 profit you make by selling a stock, you have to pay taxes on. So you'll get a ten ninety you get a ten ninety nine this time next year
2: from Robinhood for all the. Trading you did this year so leave it alone i mean or take it out and leave it out yeah it's up to you you're an adult yeah. you get to make your own decisions yeah well let's put it this
0: way i don't think i've made any money on those <laughs> sales <laughs> so i don't know how that'll work out but
1: oh i i enjoy robin hood it's uh it's on my home screen um i check it a few times a day just, to, you know, like checking my pets, give them like a nice little scratch in the ear. How are you doing today, buddy? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, you're green. That's good. Oh, you're red. Okay. I'll just check back tomorrow and hope you're green again. <laughs> but, yeah,
0: I have a tendency to go in there several times throughout the day and go, okay, you were red before. Are you green yet?
2: <laughs> long, long,
0: long game.
2: <sighs>
0: yeah. So especially like the cryptocurrency gets me because it just, it goes up and down and up and down and up and down and just seems like it's all over the place. It's
2: very volatile.
0: So, yes. Yeah. So that, that hurts sometimes watching that. But you threw something into our show notes Ooh, today I that did, uh, you wanted to talk about, and I have heard it talked about on connected. So I'm not totally coming to this without any background but this is the first I just downloaded it before the episode so I'll go ahead and let you uh, talk I'm going to mute my mic so that you can get out what you want to get out so I don't interrupt you so all
1: right so there's there's this application called craft and I'll be honest I really wanted to not like it I wanted to try it out and go yeah this is dumb I don't like it I don't need it I don't want it
2: so I actually I heard about it a couple months ago uh, from Federico, probably on Connected,
1: maybe on Mac Stories' his website. I don't remember where I heard about it first. And, you know, I appreciate Federico's uh, opinions on most things, not all things. Like, he just straight up quit Apple Music for Spotify for the year just as an experiment. And I, I okay. I mean, he does it for his podcasts and his websites, but, um, he was mentioning craft and Mike was talking about craft and how though it's, it's better than bear. And I tried bear and I didn't like it. And I, I, you know, I was a plain text guy, I a writer. Remember we did the whole draft challenge and I, I didn't do drafts cause I was sticking with I a writer because I was just so, so stuck in
2: <clears throat> my plain text markdown ways. But the issue there is that pictures and videos and links are second or
1: even third class citizens, right? It is plain text, and that is it, and you're pretty much stuck in that. And so, um, I decided while I was in Atlanta for a work trip this week that I was going to give Craft a shot because I had a lot of downtime in the hotel in the evenings because I don't really have any friends in Atlanta. It turns out, uh, so I had no one to hang out with.
2: Um, and so, I downloaded it and I just started taking it for a spin, and I was like. Holy crap.
1: What I didn't realize so okay, let me let me back up before I get into this. Craft is a is a note-taking application uh in the the modern vein. A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's like Notion." And yes and no. I think it's better looking than Notion, but it's a lot less powerful than Notion. Notion is you can do like, you, you can do all everything you can do in Airtable, you can do in Notion. You can, it's, it, Notion is too much for me to use every day. Um, but Craft is similar in the sense that you can have all sorts of different notes that you can either group together or make folders. Or, and here's the thing, it has backlinking just like Notion and Rome does too, which got me thinking. I bought the year the yearly subscription for rome which was like 165 bucks
2: because i made a bad choice uh and the yearly subscription for craft is a quarter of that it's like
1: 5 bucks a month i think uh, if you pay annually and so once i realized that it had backlinking i could take everything that i was doing in rome move it to craft have native iOS apps, native Mac apps, have it actually look really good because Rome is ugly as sin. Rome is like the poster boy for open source ugliness. Um, and I could ditch that subscription, save myself $120 a year, use something that's actually pretty and is native on every platform that syncs across all of them, and then use the free tier of Notion to store my Readwise stuff. So I took everything out of Notion, I took everything out of Rome, I put everything into Craft, I took everything out of IA Writer that was active,
2: and put it into Craft, and I've been using it for like the last six days, and um, again, I really, really, really wanted to not like it, and I think I'm in love, Mitch. It's... I realize most of that was my opinions on stuff and not what it actually does.
1: <laughs> but maybe we can link to uh a Mac Stories article that will do a much better job, you know, showing you screenshots and explaining what it can do. Um than, than I can in, in a five minute overview. But it's
0: Yeah, real time follow up. Real time follow up. Uh apparently I've downloaded this before <laughs> uh, for the Mac and had no recollection of this. So I just redownloaded the Mac Mac app and we'll have to play with that a little bit and see, but I have the, um, I have the, the web page for craft, uh, in the show notes. And I'll see if I can't find that, uh, that article on Mac stories.
1: Yeah. And so one thing that I'm doing, Mitch, that I think you'll find very interesting,
2: and this is my hook to try and get you to try it is, um, I have made one folder called the Bible, and uh-huh. in that folder I have many other folders that are the names of books in the Bible, like, say, Philippians. In there, I have one note for the each chapter, so Philippians 1, 2, 3, and so on so that when
1: i'm either writing a lesson for youth group writing a sermon for church or taking sermon notes or taking notes from a book that references philippians 1 i can put a link to that page in what you know the lesson the sermon the sermon note the book note and then when i come and click on the philippians 1 chapter page at the very bottom it will show me every other page that this is linked to so every lesson that i Talked about it every sermon that I talked about it every sermon that I heard about it or every book that mentions it I'll have a running list so that I have backlinks on every chapter that I have in here um, to the places where it's being referenced, which I think is pretty darn cool. And then in the um, like in the uh, book notes or sermon notes, they've got these really pretty cards um, that you can display, and I'll uh. I'll send you a, a screenshot. Maybe we can put that in the notes too. I'll show you how I'm doing it. It I use the card to make a really pretty call out of the verses. And then under the verse, I reference the page to the chapter. So I get a really pretty visual of the verse. But then also I'm placing that backlink in there so that
2: I can connect these notes with this um, chapter in the Bible. So I think it's pretty cool. Well, I I
0: think it's got a lot of promise. I, I was not I was a little surprised as I'm looking through the getting started note that they have in here. Um just the sheer amount of um options that you have and things that you can do with with this as far as organizing. Yeah, that does look pretty.
2: Yeah, and you can choose the backgrounds. They've got all sorts of different gradients and they also
1: integrate with Unsplash, which is one of my favorite photo websites, and so you can get any photo from Unsplash, you can use as backgrounds for everything and it's uh yeah i like it it's just powerful enough for me to feel like i can do what i want and make it look how i want but now feel overwhelmed by the options
2: mm-hmm. which
1: is nice we'll see how i feel about this in six months when they've added 10 more features but yep i think there's a pretty good chance you cost me more money. <laughs> yeah but you're not paying for readwise, so it's actually cheaper than that this is this is correct. I did not pay for readwise that's
0: good so yeah
1: no i it's you can you can do a free trial i think for a while right
0: i I just saw the uh the yearly and monthly, which I think generally speaking of stuff like this, I'd prefer to do the yearly if it's something I'm going to commit to, yeah, just because I get tired of seeing five bucks a month come out every month. Um, so just doing, doing like a yearly subscription. Yeah. Uh, makes more
2: there's sense. There's a,
1: there's a free tier. Okay. For personal use, you get a thousand blocks, um, simple PDF export, you sync across all your devices and inline markdown. If you jump up to the professional, which is, you know, the five bucks a month or the 45 a year, you get unlimited, all sorts of awesome stuff, but you can totally use it for free for a while. Okay, yeah, I'll probably do that. And then once you hit the thousand block mark, you can make your
2: make your choice. But I would suggest people try it out. Yeah, this free is good.
0: All right, what's delighting you today, Cam?
2: I I I I got a thing, Mitch. Yeah, I see that you got a thing. I got the magic keyboard for my iPad Pro. Now, the only reason I bought this was because Walmart was selling it 33% off okay. for the
1: 11 inch version of the iPad Pro Magic Keyboard combination. Um, and I was going, like I said, I was going on, on this trip to Atlanta and I wanted to be able to use my iPad on the plane. Uh, both ways, and in the airport, and be able to type, and you know this, that, and the other thing.
2: So I decided I would try it out, and um, it's really, really nice, Mitch.
0: I've heard good things. It's I do not have an iPad that can take advantage of it, but
1: yeah, okay, good. Then I'll talk really nice about it, and I feel like I'm you're gonna spend.
0: I I mean, upgrading the iPad is on the the long oh yeah, but that's way more expensive than the Magic Keyboard,
1: so. Yeah. So I had used keyboard and mouse with my iPad when it first was a thing, you know, however long ago when, when, you know, the updates to iOS came through, but I never took the time to like ever reconnect my mouse and keyboard to my iPad because I had to get a stand and then it just wasn't convenient. Um, but having the touchpad and the keyboard, um, you know, easily attachable like it just pops on and off with a magnet like tablet mode pop it right back on it's a key it's a laptop um is super convenient it doesn't add a lot of girth to um the uh the ipad so physically it adds like maybe a half inch total there and then you've got this extra keyboard where the usb c port is on the back so it adds weight. It adds like, I think two pounds. So it's significantly heavier, but as far as size is concerned, it doesn't add much, which I really appreciate. Um, I love the, they call it the cantilever design that you can you know, you mm-hmm. can change the, the angle, which is nice. I love that it leaves the USB-C port on your iPad open because you've got the USB-C port in the actual keyboard. So it has got um, pass through charging and it charges at the same rate it does if you plug it straight into the iPad, which is awesome. So if I need to plug in an SD card or a, a hard drive um to do some photo editing, I can on the go, I can do that, which is really nice and not sacrifice power. Um I love the the touchpad integration and um the keyboard integration like it's just the little guy is so cute. He just hops back and forth and like you know how on, the, uh, on a desktop or laptop, the mouse, like, it does exactly what you want, but also that can be sometimes good and bad. You, can, like, overshoot stuff by a half inch. The On iOS, the little touchpad, like, it'll, like, snap to the things for you, which uh, is really nice. And, frankly, it makes me feel lazy in a good way. <laughs> As I come back to my computer, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm literally 10 pixels away. Just snap to the button I want you to click on for me, and it doesn't.
0: Can I ask a question about yeah. that? How would you feel if they decided to do that on on the Mac?
1: I feel like it would need to be an opt-in feature because it's going to piss a lot of people off if they make that the default. But if it's an mm-hmm. opt-in feature, I would try it.
0: Yeah, because I think it'd be really interesting that, you know, everything that mm-hmm. is a, a quote-unquote touch target, mm-hmm. like, you know, that it would... To kind of snap to each of those I, i'd try it for a while and see if i liked it It right would
1: now. be a little difficult with like the you know the stop lights in the top left corner of your mac programs the red you know mm-hmm. yellow and green because they're so small yeah. um so i think there would have to be a bit of a visual overhaul to mac os again if in order to do that which is why i think it works on ios because everything is big enough that it you know for your finger uh, like, that's the mm-hmm. smallest something can be, so it really lends itself to larger touch targets. But, um, yeah, if they made it an option, I would certainly give it a try just to see how it felt. How do you feel in general
0: about the iPad being a first-class citizen on your workflow uh, versus having having a uh, desktop machine or laptop?
2: Well, okay, so what I love about... My
1: iPad is right. Like I can have it in this keyboard, you know, as a pseudo laptop doing whatever I want. But then the second I want to go, you know, sit on the couch and draw, I just rip it off the thing, take my pencil and go draw, right. Or highlight. Or if I want to go read, it's easier to read with just the iPad than this, this, this whole keyboard contraption. So like the modularity of it, I enjoy, it can, it can be a tablet when I want it to be a tablet. It can be a laptop per se, you know, in, in 90% of the use cases, right. When I want it to be, it's got great battery life. Like everything that I want, if I want to touch it, if I want to draw on it, I can do that. If I want to use a keyboard and mouse, I can do that. Where, where it obviously falls apart for me and you know, for, for you is I don't have logic don't have Final Cut. We don't have premiere. We don't have audition, right? Like the the things that w- we choose to do podcasts, you know, I can edit photos on a um on an iPad because there's Lightroom on the iPad, which is great in Photoshop. Um so that that checks off one of the three boxes that I need checked. But until until I get
2: Final Cut and Logic on the iPad, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have a Mac period. Like I just don't have a choice. Um so those are the two glaring issues for me. But outside of that, I love having this as as a thing. Like I, it fits
1: it's smaller than my laptop. Um and they can do everything
2: but video and uh audio editing that way.
1: And I know fairide exists. I've tried it. I, I I want logic on my iPad.
2: I want
0: yeah i ferrite i've uh i've looked at um from time to time and i i see the promise of it i see how the workflow could work really well with it and i've watched uh jason snell's videos on how to to use it i mean because he edits the incomparable mm-hmm. uh on in ferrite and i can definitely see how it works it's not the way that i edit yeah you know i I actually moved away from Logic because um, it was that same kind of mentality where you were taking multi-tracks and getting rid of the silence and then sliding everything forward and sliding everything forward and moving blocks around, which I think works really well for some people. It's just not the way my brain works. So um, for me, Adobe Audition works way better uh, because I'm I'm much more of a linear uh, editor than that. So. and the features that audition offers i mean you pretty much there aren't too many guys that i that i know that because i we we, i looked at uh like steven hackett and uh and mike hurley were talking recently on backstage about how they do their editing and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i i differ with uh steven a little bit on how i i do it i mean he runs it through audition for the filtering features
1: oh and for the matching the loudness and setting the
0: if yeah, the left that's, and all that. That's the yeah, that's the big one that he that he does is the uh, matching loudness. And I'll I'll run the matching loudness and then but then I run um stuff through Isotope, uh Nectar three to um cut because like right now as we're on the zoom call, you can hear my heater down here. Nectar filters that out in the, with the noise gate. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to put the noise gate to filter that out. So I'm not, you're not hearing that in the final recording. I also, you know, just using the uh, EQs to level us and make us sound a little bit better. You know, all that stuff I can do within Audition with the plugins. And then just all the audit, the editing, you know, where, you know, someone like Stephen Hackett would take the editing into Logic to do the rest of the editing. I just leave it. I leave it in the multitrack and audition, but I, I came up through the radio industry where audition was the tool that everybody used. Yeah. So I, that's what I'm comfortable with. And even though I've used audition a lot for different things, I'm sorry, not audition logic for a lot, for a lot of things, auditions just my tool of choice. So, and, and it's just two really different ways of, uh, of, of, thinking about editing one you're thinking more on the waveform level and the other you're thinking more you're like with logic you're pretty much doing everything in multi track where yes when i edit when i edit our um when i edit our stuff it's in multi track but if i'd go through and i'm doing a sermon for church or something like that the first pass through on the edit is always in the single uh, waveform which is a little bit more difficult it's not impossible but it's just it's not as convenient in logic so but anyway that's i i agree ferrite is uh is just not the way that i do my editing
1: yeah and there's there's this whole push right that you know federico has been on for years and jason to a certain extent too is doing all your work on the ipad and and embracing the challenge that that has been over the last what 10 years and you know making uh very complex workflows and shortcuts and hacks in order to get things done and while i love reading about that stuff and seeing the ingenuity and the cleverness and the intelligence and that like like federico's set up to record a podcast on an ipad like two years ago was like absurd right but that's mm-hmm. who he is and that's his job and that's why we you know it, it, enjoy what he does he takes the time and the pain to go through that i don't want to mm-hmm. i love my ipad so much it's wonderful i love it if i want to record and or sorry edit and produce a video or a podcast i am not going to jump through the hoops i need to do that on I'm not going to use uh, LumaFusion. I'm not going to use Ferrite, I'm going to go to my Mac. I'm going to fire up Final Cut. I'm going to fire up Logic, and I'm going to knock it out of the park using a tool that I don't have to make any compromises with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just my personal preference. And like I said, I, I'm a, I'm a Mac Stories subscriber. I pay Federico five bucks a month because I love what he does. And I love that he takes the time to do it and then lets me read about it without having to, (laughs) to go through that myself. Right. And I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Now I'm going to go back to the thing that my professional tool that works. Um, So I'm not at all dissing him or Jason. I think they're both very, very good at what they do. I just, I want, I want a full featured tool on a full featured machine that doesn't make me have any compromises when I'm doing the stuff that I want to do. And luckily. I shouldn't say luckily I am, I am blessed that I have the opportunity to use those tools. Um, And I know that not everyone does. So I don't want to come across, uh, you know, belligerent here. Like I understand that I have access to to tools that not everyone has access to and I'm blessed because of, it. or I I am blessed and that Mm -hmm. is one of the ways in which I am. So.
0: And, and I'll, and I'll follow that up to say that, you know, I, spent a lot of time you know messing with the with my ipad when i first got it to really and that's my general i love doing that anyway just push the limits of the technology to see you know what can i do i oftentimes refer to that as uh as i'm i set out to break the machine when i <laughs> when i get when i get a new machine because i want to see you know what are my limitations what can i do on this machine and what what can't i mm-hmm. and i i remember vaguely having a conversation with somebody about, um, about something that they wanted to do on their iPad. And I was like, Oh, well, if you download this app and you get this other app and this, uh, this third app and you use them like this, then you can do what this one app on your, on your, uh, Mac can do. And all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute. Yeah. You have to jump through a lot of hoops to, uh, get that thing to work on the iPad versus just going over to your iMac and banging it out
1: yeah so. yeah so okay let me ask you this since this has officially become our second topic if you were yeah. if you were going to recommend
2: <clears throat> a iPad let's just say the new iPad Air so it's not crazy expensive or the new MacBook Air the new MacBook Air the M1 you know it's like a thousand dollars if someone came to you and they said, Mitch, I need I need one machine that lets me do
1: email, read the internet, listen to music, uh, video call,
2: um word processing, all of the n- normal stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They're not they're not doing any audio or video production, um, that sort of stuff.
1: You know they want to. They want to check Facebook. They want to, you know, scroll through Twitter. They want to watch YouTube videos. They want to watch movies. They want to, you know, do that sort of stuff. What would you suggest to somebody? So, or you no no forget let's there, let's do let's some, make the price comparison the same iPad Pro or MacBook yeah. Air.
0: Yeah, the price is the same. Um, I think there's a little bit more of a conversation to be had. Um, because part of it is part of what I would want to look at is what are you comfortable with? What have you used in the past? Are you interested in trying something new? I mean, are you coming from an iPhone or are you coming from a windows machine or, or, or something like that? You know, what, what is your experience? And if the experience is coming from an iPhone, then they're probably going to move into an iPad a little bit more easily. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if they're coming from, you know, a laptop or a desktop experience, the uh, the MacBook Air might be a little bit better. But there's really, like for my wife, um, my wife would probably be doing a lot of the same things. Uh, she uses her phone for everything. I don't know how she does it, but she <laughs> uses her phone for everything. She, she uh, filed our taxes on her phone this year uh which you no know, i think has gotten easier and easier over the years but you know the fact that she did it years ago when it was still like you just filed our taxes on your phone what okay and there and there's other things that she does on her phone that um she's she's does does a little bit of like spreadsheet editing and and stuff like that she built this huge spreadsheet on her phone and uh and i'm just like what
1: she's a so iphone her, power user
0: Yeah. So her, I, you know, I look at and think an iPad certainly would, would do what she needs it to do. Um, But in the conversations that I've had with her, she wants a little bit more screen real estate. Mm -hmm. I don't think she wants the heavy 12.9 inch uh, iPad. So we've talked a little bit about getting like a 13 inch MacBook Air for her. Uh, And quite honestly, if the, if the money was in the budget right now, I would have no issue pulling the trigger on that and getting her an M1 um, 13-inch MacBook Air, and I think she would love it, you know, and be able to do those spreadsheets and and do all this stuff. She has my old uh, MacBook, but I can't. We can't update uh, numbers to match up with what what we're doing now, so it's they're like slightly different file formats, oh. and she's having trouble with compatibility between those. So. Uh, so she can't really do the spreadsheeting and stuff like that, uh, and have it compatible with um, uh, Numbers on her phone. So, so that's been an issue. So that's that's one of the main things that that I've been looking at. Um, but she also she manages the home for the most part uh, either on paper or through her phone, and so giving her the ability to do that on a larger screen you know more conveniently i think the the macbook air suits her needs better um what's interesting is my mom and dad both uh one of them has my mom much to my behest uh wanted a windows machine and so we you know we worked through that process to get her something that was going to work for her uh several years ago mm-hmm. Um, but then my dad, for when he retired, you know, he wanted something and they got an iPad for him. You know, my dad doesn't do email, he doesn't text message. He, I think he plays solitaire on his iPad. Good I, for him. I don't know that yeah. he does much more than Good that for him, but uh, but he, you know, he'll play a game, he'll, he'll go online and, uh, and read articles and, print off the articles so they can read them <laughs> uh, i love it we've had talks about that too That's awesome. <laughs> so, but yeah my parents do that a lot they got to print it out to read it and it's like you realize you can read it right on the device right yeah but we just like it this mm-hmm. way I was Like, well if you want to if you want to pay for the ink and the paper that's up to you i guess yeah i have that um, same
1: conversation with my dad about music Yeah. He's like, why would I pay for Apple Music when I have three thousand CDs I already paid for? Like, all right, that's uh you know what? That's actually a good point, Dad. Carry on, sir. Do what you gotta Mm -hmm. do. But uh
0: their needs were very different. Like you put a put a laptop in my dad's lap and he wouldn't even know where to start with it. You know, but the intuitiveness of the iPad worked really well for him. You know, he could touch a, a a square on the, on the death there on the home screen Mm -hmm. and launch an app. And then the app was really intuitive and he moved it around with his fingers and that all made sense to him. I think some people that, you know, so in my job, I used to be in HR and there were times that I had people come into work and computers, we do everything on the computer. So somebody that comes into our job, um, we, uh, you know, we have to, you have, you start on a computer, you know, filling out your paperwork and all this kind of stuff. I have had to teach people how to use the keyboard and mouse before, before they could actually run the computer and, and help them to understand what an input, what the input devices do and how they relate to the, the screen. And, and it's just it's interesting when you get somebody in there that I've never used a computer before. What do I do? That's actually impressive. Where we live is fairly remote and there's a lot of, um, older folks in our area that just like, we hire a lot of retirees and and stuff mm-hmm. because they're, they're coming to just work a part-time job to stay busy. And they live on a, in a house in the middle of the country somewhere isolated from everybody you know they just and they don't they don't have a computer they have they barely have internet uh where they're at so they just don't and maybe they've got a little flip phone from the 90s that they use to uh to communicate with people but um they just don't they just don't know you know they don't have it so it uh you know, to sit and have to teach somebody how to use a keyboard and mouse, you know, for my dad, um, we probably would have had to have that conversation. That little square at the bottom of the laptop keyboard is you you move things around with your finger. Oh, well, that, that arrow on the thing is where my finger is? Y- yeah. And you have to have that conversation. Yeah. Just because he's never used, used one before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the iPad, he took right, too. So I think it has a lot to do with the individual and And what they're looking for, um as to which one that I would recommend, if they had no background in computers, probably the iPad would be better, but it would take some time to teach them, and you'd have to set everything up for them and and make sure that it is about as dead simple as as it can be so so yeah, I tried to get my dad texting on the iPad with me through iMessage, and I sent like one text and and he uh I went and saw him, uh, like a month later and I said, Hey, did you get that message that I sent you on your iPad? Yeah. I opened it up, but I didn't know what to do with it. You know, he's like, I saw it, but I was like, what do you do? I was like, well, you see that little, that little field at the bottom there where it says message. You you just tap on that and a keyboard pops up. Oh, okay. So then I sent him another message not long after that. And, uh, I got nothing. (laughs) all right dad i get i get the hint yeah that's funny so but but it's all right i mean he's he's gonna he's gonna do what what he's comfortable with and yeah that's fine
1: yeah my dad writes his text messages like there are letters (laughs) hello son comma next line how are you this afternoon question mark i love you very much comma next line dad (laughs) well aren't you adorable dad yeah that's perfect awesome. grammar i'm glad that you didn't take my bait and just choose one because that's what i would have done
2: and if i'm like um mm-hmm. ipad
1: or ipad pro just done end of conversation yep. you actually were thoughtful about it and i appreciate that
0: yeah i have a little syracuse in me so. <laughs> yeah. i i do i do tend to reframe questions like he does i've noticed that I'm nowhere near as meticulous, um, or as, uh, or as, decisions or uh, as what's the word,
1: uh, ill-tempered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you catch me on the right day. Yeah. We're going to have you doing so, toaster
1: oven reviews pretty soon.
0: <laughs> you know, I can be that particular with things, you know, just, but, uh, but at the same time, I think I've got way more patience when things aren't exactly the way that I want them. So I think it's hilarious. They had a big conversation about, what was it, cheese graters oh, on, the, <laughs> on uh, ATP. And he found a cheese grater that he really loves, but it's hard to find. So he bought, like, he's got a stockpile yeah. of them. So when one breaks, he can pull out and pull out the next one. Of course he does. <laughs> I love it. Of course he does. I love John. He's, he's, he's so me, but but, like, way more me than I really want to be. It just, I think it's hilarious. My wife kind of feels the same way too. She she enjoys listening to him be meticulous. So his his preparing the way episode of I think it was Reconcilable Differences when he was buying a new fridge is one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. It brought me so much joy. <laughs>
1: I I gave reconcilable yeah. differences one episode, and I was like, I don't, I there's no way I can handle Syracuse and Merlin Man
0: together know, for
1: that long. I was like, I'm I'm I think I would lose my mind.
0: Yeah, no, I I listen to the show a little bit. I I've got it in Overcast, but I don't have it in my main queue. So, all right, well we can probably get around to what's delighting me today. Yes, Mitch, what is delighting you? So, so. I know that I have kind of a habit of talking about vacations, uh, for what's delighting me, but this one is big. This is, this is going to be probably the biggest vacation I'm going to take for a while. So no, I'm not going overseas, but, um, but my wife and I are celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary in June. Congratulations. So thank you. So we decided and we are we are working through the process of uh of getting licensed to foster so we can do the foster to adopt uh, program here in Wisconsin. So and we could have kids in the house by the end of the year. So mm-hmm. we're looking at trying just getting away for our 20th wedding anniversary. We figured out that there was way too many reasons not to do this. I'm sorry, way too many reasons to do this. Mm-hmm. We are planning a vacation and we just bought all our tickets and reserved our um park passes and all that kind of stuff. Uh we're going down to Orlando. Um that is where we honeymooned by the way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make that connection, but apparently my wife did um when we were when we just started talking about it. But uh, we're going to go down to Orlando and one of the things that we must hit. Do you have a guess? something to do with star wars it is star wars galaxy's edge at uh disney disney world so um i've got the i've got everything bought for that and uh, we had it my wife and i had an interesting conversation the other day i says yeah i says i'm gonna be earmarking about six hundred dollars to buy lightsabers while we're down there and she looked at me and she's like what that's a lot of money for something like that and i was like yeah but and then i went through all the stuff that like it's not just buy a lightsaber you gotta first off there's savvy's workshop where you can go in and build your own lightsaber Wait, what? and yeah and so it's, it's just like the experience is what you're paying for and that's 200 bucks to do that 199 dollars. so you go in and you know you go into the the workshop and you you they give you all the parts to build the hilt and so you get to choose what you want and how you want it to look and you build the hilt and then they get you a blade for it and you get you choose your kyber crystals so i think that um to determine the color of the blade and and all this kind of stuff so it's uh how do you get this on an airplane it's a whole (laughs) so how do you get this on an airplane (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be a uh, challenge. I think um, we have talked about the possibility of just uh, shipping it home um, from Orlando instead of taking it on the plane. There's got
1: to be a way to get it on.
0: Oh no, I, I've thought through some other options. I, the, one of the bags I'm taking is a, uh, is a Molly bag. And I, I've thought about like strapping it right to the side of the bag. Um, like taking because they sell a a sheath for them <laughs> so it doesn't
1: collapse it doesn't collapse into the hilt
0: it, no the blades are separate yeah they're i think the longer one they come in a 36 inch and a 26 inch blade oh gotcha so so i figured the blades i would keep out separate i the hilts two of the hilts that i, that I want to purchase would be in a case so i would probably either put those in my my luggage or in my carry-on All right. I got a bag that I'm taking with me. So wherever I can fit those in there, because they're gonna be just, you know, yay big in a case. So um, but the the blades are the issue and uh and trying to figure out how to carry those. So I thought if I had the sheath, I wrapped it up real nice and then strapped it onto the bag. Mm-hmm. Um perhaps they would let that come through. So we'll see. But but then I they also sell replica um hilts at the, um, basically the gift shop, uh, the Denim Antiquities is what it's referred to. Uh, so I, I, there's a couple of them that I, that I want to purchase that, uh, that I'm not sure if I'm going to buy the blades at the park yet. I'm going to look and see what they cost. If they're not outrageous, um, I might buy them right at the park, but otherwise I can order them on Amazon too, but they, whoever sells them on Amazon always marks them up. So just a matter of whether it costs i mean if they cost 50 bucks a piece and then i'm shipping them for 10 20 dollars it makes sense monetarily but otherwise i'm just gonna end up paying that on amazon for them anyway so
2: very good this is i've been i've been looking at this on on the
1: interwebs this is intense man
0: Mm mm-hmm it's pretty crazy it's good stuff so In relation to that, I have two things sitting on my desk over here um, that you may either think are cool or pathetic. But (laughs) so, Coke is the um, the provider of all the soft drinks at the park, Mm -hmm. and they have a. I ran across this and I had to order one uh, from somebody on eBay um, ahead of time, and just because it was too much fun. And this is the Coke bottle that they that they have down at uh, galaxy's edge it's intended to look like uh the uh, thermal detonator oh nice so for anybody that's listening on the audio um it it's round it's got a the top on it is is uh configured if you look it up online you can find it but you notice the coca-cola is written in what's called arabesh that is the written language in the star wars universe what's spoken is a uh, galactic basic but uh, that's that's arabish and it's stylized to look like the coke logo and stuff like that but i just thought this was the coolest thing in the world and i needed to have one so <laughs> i purchased one on ebay and spent too much money on it the other thing there's a guy let's see if i can find his name here real quick um writes these uh these really cool, these really cool travel guides. Um, I doubt that this is his real name. I'm guessing that he this is a pen name that he uses for the Star Wars universe specifically, but it's elok Throno.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that's probably not his real name.
0: That's probably not his real name. But he writes these field guides to um to different locales in the star wars universe this one is unique
1: <laughs> holy crap that's a lot thicker than i thought it was
0: yeah it's got got some heft to it there's a lot i mean it's a style i was thinking it was like, a, it like really, a like
1: a bifold pamphlet not a full oh my goodness no yeah that's, you know, it's
0: all full color you know wow. it's pretty, really nice Rick
1: steve's for the star wars universe huh
2: yeah
0: there's some other ones that he makes like he has the traveler's guide to tattooing which obviously you can't you can't go to tattooing because it's a fictional place um but what sets this one apart what sets this one apart is this is the traveler's guide to batu and specifically the black spire outpost at batu which is the galaxy's edge um the star wars galaxy's edge uh, theme park so this is a traveler's guide to the theme park Oh. Written like it's a real planet, a real location that you go into. It has all the backstory of of all the characters that are in the uh at the Black Spire outpost. Um down to some a lot of stuff that people probably wouldn't notice. Um, there is a cantina called Oga's Cantina. And of course, Oga has a whole backstory, um, along with uh Doc. Andra, Doc Andro. I would have to look that up. Uh, He's, he's the guy that owns the Den of Antiquities um, in the Star Wars universe. And uh, Ogus Cantina, there is a book, um, the second book in the newer of the Thrawn trilogy, Thrawn Thrawn Alliance, I think it's called, where um, there's a, there's like stuff that's happening right now in the book and then there's um some flashbacks throughout the book the flashbacks take place on Batu and um it's where uh, grand admiral thrawn i don't think he, i don't know that he was a grand admiral yet but uh he uh he meets up with Anakin and they have an adventure together in in this on Batu well, there's a scene in the book that takes place in a cantina where there's a there's a shootout and all this stuff. Well, apparently, the Aga's Cantina is where this happens in the book. And they went to the pains of putting uh, blaster scorch marks and stuff like that on the walls <laughs> in the cantina that are from that shootout. Nice. So I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for this travel guide. So. So, yeah, I'm. I'm just about, uh, what am I a little over halfway through the book right now? Just kind of reading all the, all the backstory and they've got, uh, explanations on all the characters that are, that are in the, in the theme park and all that kind of stuff, but nothing in the book ever references it being a theme park, mm-hmm. nothing in the book references it being Disney. It's all like he went to this outpost and he's telling the story of the outpost and, and what to expect if you travel, giving travel recommendations. Um, like, you know, try try out the cantina. Here's some drinks that I really enjoyed at the cantina. <laughs> it it is so masterfully done uh that I, I really enjoyed that. So and I and am enjoying it. So so yeah. The book was kind of my unofficial what's delighting me, but, uh, just the whole, the whole thing that we're doing, I've only covered the star Wars part of it. We are going to go to the wizarding world of Harry Potter as well, uh, while we're down there. So, um, I'm a little less excited about that one, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So my wife's really psyched too. I don't know if you've ever done a magic quest before. It's so uh, they're supposed to be like similar stuff, um, at uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We did Magic Quest up here in uh in the Dells, And it was a lot of fun. So you get a little wand and you run around and you know, make things happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I've had I've uh, had family members that it's a good time go to
1: Harry Potter world like every year and they love it, so. Hmm. Yeah,
0: so not cheap by any means, but uh but it should be. I mean, I'm not worried. I'm honestly not worried about spending a little extra money on stuff. This is our 20th anniversary. So, the only day that we don't have planned right now is the day of our anniversary. So, I've got I want to talk to some like our concierge when we get down there and find a good place to eat and
1: uh, stuff like that. So, have you heard of Applebee's? It's our neighborhood grill. No, <laughs> I can go to Applebee's up here. <laughs> All right, fine. Don't have a ro- don't I, have a romantic I, dinner at Applebee's then, Mitch. I <laughs> make I told, a bad I, choice. Uh,
0: i told i told my wife i showed my wife the budget for the meal that i was planning and she looked at me she's like "Oh, what i was like we're gonna go out somewhere nice i'm gonna make sure there's enough money in the budget for that she's like okay (laughs) so i think it was only a hundred dollars in the budget but uh i'm it could end up being more than that so
1: but well i hope you guys have a wonderful time
0: I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be our last uh, neat little adventure to have uh, before we got kids in the house, which will be a whole other kind of adventure. Ain't that the truth? So I've been meaning to ask you because I've been wait- i am haven't said anything yet because I've been waiting for it to come up as something that's delighting you. But I noticed that you got a DJI Mavic Pro, or I got one the, of the Mavic drones. Air
1: two. Yes,
0: Air two. Yes, so yes, 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 yes. How have you been enjoying that? I know I've seen a
1: video or two on Instagram. Uh, it's um, unreal. It's super cool. The very first time I flew it, I flew it inside of my house, which was a terrible decision because my house is the size of a postage stamp. Um, But I figured out a few things then, and then I flew it outside the next time, you know, quick thinking. Yep. And yep. it crashed it into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i'm assuming it's pretty it's pretty uh, hardened against some of that stuff. well so luckily what 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 had happened was i was flying it and i was looking at my phone like i was supposed to so i you know and then i flew it overhead and i made the mistake of looking up at the drone instead of down at my phone uh And I flew it into the tree in my front yard. But the very, very, very top of the tree where the branches are Mm -hmm. like, you know, a quarter inch thick maybe. And there's no leaves. So the it has it has front, rear and side obstacle avoidance, just not up and down. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you have to buy the pro to get omnidirectional obstacle avoidance. But apparently the branches were so small that the obstacle avoidance didn't notice them. And I flew straight into those tiny little branches. And I thought I, I thought I broke my, uh, drone because as it turns out, when there's a collision, the gimbal just goes limp. Like all the, all the motors disengage, which is really, really smart, but I'm looking at my phone and my camera is pointing straight at the ground and I'm like, Oh my God, I just
2: flushed a thousand dollars down the toilet in five minutes. I was beyond upset. So then I had to manage then the
1: obstacle avoidance kicked in. So I had to manage somehow I couldn't use the camera because the camera. So I was looking up 50 feet in the air, trying to like 3D orient my drone around these branches. And I finally got it out of the tree and then I brought it down to the ground. And then as soon as it landed, the gimbal just reengaged back to the way it was. And I was like, literally in a parking lot on the busiest corner of my town going, thank you, Jesus. Like I, was, <laughs> I went from being so mad to being so yeah. relieved. Uh, and then I checked the, the blades. Everything was fine. So I took it up for a test flight, flew it like, you know, 10 or 12 feet off the ground right in front of me, just making sure that everything was fine. Then I took it for like another 15 minute flight this time making sure to never take my eyes off of the, uh the phone. Um And I've learned a few things since then about it, but it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um I'm actually planning on taking it out cause it's like going to be in the fifties and sunny today. So I might take it out to some oh, of the it's gonna, parks or over the the there. Beautiful. Oh. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun little guy and I can't wait to get better at it, using it and trying some of the different shot
2: styles and that pretty pretty easy to fly um it's easy to fly it is not so easy to fly well if that makes sense like if you want really 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 smooth you
1: know Cinematic footage, right where everything just feels like the gimbal steadies everything. But if you turn the drone too fast, your camera's just gonna whip, and it's not gonna be watchable. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go, oh, that's gross. So if you want, if you want to like, uh you know, to to pan left or right, uh or tilt the camera up or down, you've got to be very subtle on the controls. Otherwise, it feels herky jerky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting the drone around is is quite 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 easy. Um,
2: but yeah, some of more of the fine tuned stuff just you know requires some uh experience and some patience. But
0: yeah, I'm uh I've been considering uh getting like one of the Minis. So it's been on my list.
1: Yeah, the, I I debated hard between this one and the Mini and the reason I went with this one was because it takes 48 megapixel photos. And I have a photo mm-hmm. business on the side, and I thought, man, if I could, if I could get some wedding, some 48 megapixel wedding shots, or like the like above the ceremony. Now it'd have to mm-hmm. be pretty high up because you don't want to hear while someone's saying yeah. I, "I do," <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but you know, or even just like uh, you know stuff at church, or like some senior p- for- portraits or that sort of stuff. You could do some you know creative stuff with the different perspectives. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, the mini is a great little a great little drone, uh, and it's way cheaper yeah and it's under it's under 250 dollars yeah it's under 250 grams so you don't even have to register it which is nice all right
2: well cool well
0: i think that wraps up the show for this week um we do have a website interdialogue.show you can check us out there um check out our we have a back catalog now i think this is technically episode 20 oh look at that if i'm not mistaken yeah we're pretty fancy now oh show um
2: I'd
1: say 20. So I'd say 20 di- is a pattern, Mitch.
0: <laughs> 20, 20 is a pattern. It's a, it's a habit. Yeah. Um, so, interdialogue.show. You can also uh, check us out on Twitter. If you have questions, comments, anything that you'd like to share with us, we are totally open to hear it. Uh, you can uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Mitch Craig.
1: And I'm at Cam Brennan.
0: At some point, if we uh, are able to put together a large enough community of listeners, we uh, we can look at some other options for, for that. But uh, I think the Twitter thing works well for us right now. So, indubitably. Oh, cool. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> this is going to be an episode of just goofy uh, stuff that I got. I loved out.
1: the judgment in your <laughs> face there. That was
2: glorious. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next time, man. Cheerio.